0: Amen. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, who is hungry? Evidently, this is on everybody's mind is food. That's how I function. Um, so if you guys want to open your Bible, you know it's amazing how the Lord works, how the Holy Spirit works. We're going to take a look real quick look at Matthew, uh, sorry, not Matthew, John chapter six. It really is amazing. when the Lord begins to speak about something, the Holy Spirit begins to speak about something, He just likes to continue it on through the service. So this morning we're going to look at John chapter six. This is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Hey, that's right. We're just going to continue to talk about food all morning long. All morning long. I'm going to read this story, and then we're going to (coughs) pray. John chapter 6. Everybody there? John chapter 6, start at the beginning. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw miraculous signs that he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside, and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him, and he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked them, he asked us only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. How far will they go among many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in the place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks. He distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Nothing should be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over and those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous signs that Jesus did, they began to say, "Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the." Uh, <coughs> sorry, who is to come into the world? Jesus, knowing they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, that we have the opportunity. This morning to dig in, uh, to learn from it, to, to understand who you are, to understand how you operate, to understand what you've called us to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So obviously, this is a, a very common, a very well-known story about Jesus feeding the 5,000. But often, I, I think we get caught up in the fact that Jesus fed 5,000 out of these, two, uh, these five loaves and these two fishes, and, and we miss some of the things that happen When Jesus does this, why he does it, how he does it, and the call in our life to do the same. So I just want to take a a few minutes this morning and really kind of dig into that. You can find um, this story both in also Matthew and Mark, and they all have just slightly different accounts. Um, You know, John always has a little bit more extra and a little bit more extra words, and you know, he just, you know, a little more long-winded. So I always like him. Um, I I feel very, uh, very much like him in that regard. Yeah, some of you, yeah, I got it. Um, But in other places, you'll see the story just slightly different. In one of the stories in Matthew, he actually says that he looked upon the crowd and he had compassion. You know, Jesus wasn't here uh, in this this particular instance, in this particular place, just to show off. He wasn't there just to say, I'm going to feed all 5,000 of these people. Watch what I'm going to do. I want you to see what I'm going to do. He actually started from a place of seeing the need that was before him. He said that he had compassion on the crowd. You know, often I wonder how, how, how I go about my day and, and completely compassionless about those who are around me. You know, Jesus had just been performing miracles. He said he was kind of tired. He said he, he kind of gathered away, but all these people came and instead of being frustrated that they kept following him everywhere, if you, if you continue to read on and read before, they literally just followed him everywhere. Instead of being frustrated and leave me alone, haven't I done enough? You just stay away. He looked upon them with compassion, seeing them. And his question is, how do we meet their needs? You know, that's w- what Jesus is all about, is, is meeting our needs. And and this story, you know, just wraps it all up in there because we often have an idea of how our needs should be met. Not often. Let's just be really honest. I all the time have an idea how my needs need and should be met. And so Jesus likes to, to find out what that might be, and he likes to show us how he intends to meet needs. Because he says, says here that he asked the disciples, what should we do? And it says he said this to test them because he already knew what he was going to do, already had a plan, already knows what's going on, already knows exactly what is going to happen. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is God. Yep. And this is, it happens every day in our life, every day in my life. I, I have these thoughts and I have these ideas and I begin to ponder, how is this going to happen? What is going to take place? And Jesus already has it figured out, already has a plan in place. But he asked them anyway, and he let them wonder, and he let them begin to talk about, how, you know, this is what it would take in order to buy everybody food. This is what it would take in order to meet everybody's needs. And, and you know, that's what man does. We look at, at the situation, we look at the issue, and, and we've been asked, how do we take care of it? And this is where our thoughts go, is how do we meet this need? And I often wonder how, how you guys do this, but I, I do it, that I begin to spin my wheels every single day about how do I take care of this problem? You know, this week in, in the lessons, if you follow along in the, the weekly lessons, we send out Mark chapter 4. Can we flip there real quick? Mark chapter 4 is one of the, the lessons for this week, in verse 26 and following. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 and following. This is the parable of the growing seed. It says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and, he gro- and it grows though he does not know how, all by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full corner, kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because harvest has come. You know, we, we talked about this in staff, and, and, and this has been just kind of turning over and over and over in my heart and my mind, because this is something that, that I do often, where my mind just begins to go, and I, you know, it's all good stuff, none of it's bad, but I I fret and I can, I'm concerned about how things are going to turn out. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to take care of this? How am I supposed to get this done and meet this need? And I see all these things around me that need to be done, and my wheels just spin. And the Lord is telling us here, Jesus is telling us here, and he, he shows us in, in, in the feeding of the 5,000 account that he is in control, that he has a way, we sang about it, to meet the needs, that it's not up to us to take care of everything. Here the, the sower is, is meant to just sow, to just do what he's called to do and nothing more. We don't worry about the outcome. We don't stress about the responsibility. We only are supposed to do what we're called to do. Here this it's sowing the seed. It's throwing it out and letting God move, letting the Holy Spirit move in people's heart. What's really exciting, just kind of on a side note, it's not only do we not have to worry about it, but then we also get the benefit of it. At the end of this account, it says that when it's ready, when the harvest is ready, we get to go out and harvest. i have to think about how, how neat is that, that God really does that hard work, that molding and, and the shaping and the softening of the heart, and we get to be a part of that in the end. And we get to be part of the harvest and see people come to Jesus and see people renewed and restored and redeemed, you know, much like those moms. Yeah? Much like those moms called to pray is what we're called to do. The Lord does the work in their heart, and we get to be part of the harvest. So how do we do that? How do we separate our mind from the things that that we're called to do versus the things that God is called to do? And really, it boils down to this. It boils down and always does every single time. Every single time I try and find out another reason and another opportunity, another option for it, it always boils down to simple, simple obedience. Simply being obedient. If you read the Matthew account, Jesus has this one little line, and only Matthew records it. You know, the, the disciples say in that account, they say, we have these five loaves and the two fishes. The poor boy that John talks about isn't even mentioned in Matthew's account. And he says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. I don't know about you, but if I've been following Jesus all day and I was the only smart one to pack lunch, you're not getting my lunch. Mm-mm. Sharing food is not high on my priority list. No matter how compassionate I feel, how gracious I feel, that is not something I do. But here, he simply says, bring it to me. That's what they do. That's what they do. They bring the five loaves and two fishes to him. And what happens after that? Jesus does the rest. Jesus does everything else after that. He said, bring it to me. You know, a lot of times I I feel like I'm inadequate. Whoever feels like that. Just me? Great. Awesome. That's okay. I'm okay if I'm the only one. You know, uh, inadequate with what I have or the giftings that I have or the things I think I'm good at. uh, You know, not prepared for this step in my life. Whatever it might be. And I I know, all kidding aside, I know we all struggle with that at some point in our life. We all are there maybe even on a daily basis. And here's the thing. This feeding of the 5,000 started with the simplest of things, maybe even the smallest amount. I guess technically it could have been a little smaller, maybe one loaf and a half a fish. But I'm sure that boy didn't think, I have got a lot going on here. Look at all this stuff. man! he really didn't even have enough for a normal potluck. He didn't have enough to really share with anybody. And so he's not walking around thinking, oh, I've got it all together, I've got all this stuff. He has but five loaves and two fishes, a very small amount, and the disciples have it, and they gather it, and Jesus simply says, bring it to me. And God is telling us this morning, I feel deeply in my heart, the Holy Spirit is speaking that He's, he's saying, you don't need to have it all together. You don't have to be the most perfect. You don't have to have the biggest, brightest gifts, but what you have to do is bring what you have to God and let Him move. When we went out to, to go prayer walking and, and for the love life, it was... Just reminded over and over how simple the call was just to be obedient to pray. We didn't talk to anybody. We didn't have to do any convincing. We didn't have to to do any uh, fighting against the opposition. We didn't have to do anything but pray. And what happened? God did the rest. And this morning, I just want to encourage you that no matter where you are, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what you think about yourself and the gifts God's given you, what he's saying is bring them to me. Bring them to me and then leave it alone. Bring me your gifts and let me do the work. If we're obedient to do that and we can get our hearts and our minds in a place where we can begin to trust God with those things and trust God with the results, then rest and peace enter our lives. Grace and mercy, we can operate so much better when we're not struggling and stressing about what's going to happen. If Jesus would have left it up to the disciples to feed those 5,000 people, I guarantee you there would have been arguments and there would have been stress and there would have been all these things that happened. But instead, what was happening is Jesus said, bring it to me and I will move. And then what happened is all those people were fed and then there was an abundance. You know, That's what Jesus does. That's what God does. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He doesn't just meet our needs. He doesn't just get us to skim by. He doesn't get just so we're okay. But he always meets our needs above and beyond because he meets them according not to our riches and glory, but according to his riches and glory. And so this morning, I want to challenge us. Because even though it's simple, doesn't always make it easy, I want to challenge us to not hold on to the gifts that we have, to not hold on to our five loaves and two fishes, to not hold on to the things that God wants to use. It it amazes me when you you really kind of look at this story that what started off so simply did such a big thing. You know, in, in our hands, five loaves and two fishes feeds whatever. One, two people, three people tops if they don't eat a lot. But in the hands of Jesus, in the hands of God, what we have affects masses. It doesn't just affect our family. It doesn't just affect our close friends. If we are obedient to God, it begins to affect all those around us. we were there, and and I'm going to keep referencing it for a long time, we realized while we were there, we were praying that that, that, that the company uh, that the people who owned that business, the abortion clinic, actually own three more. And so while we're sitting there praying and praying for them, and pray, we begin, I began to realize we're actually impacting more than just even here by simply praying, by simply being obedient, by simply bringing the gift that I was able to bring on that day. Because I'm not one that's really great at talking to somebody on the street or, or, or doing street evangelism or even there was one lady there that, she, man, I think she could have prayed for an hour. And I looked down thinking, I don't know if I've prayed over two minutes in my entire, like, I can't do that, but she could. But I realized if I prayed, God moved. So I want to challenge you. No matter where you are, what you're doing, no matter what's going on in your life, there is something that you have that nobody else has. Which is crazy to think that out of 5,000 people, it seemed like only one boy had food. There is something that God has given you that only you have. And what he's saying is, bring it to me. Let me show you what I can do in and through you in the city. So will you, will you step forward? Will you bring the, the simple thing that you have? Will you be obedient and watch God move? This story is, is not just about feeding the 5,000. It's about compassion for meeting the needs around us and us bringing what we have and being obedient and watching Jesus move. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a redeemer, that you are a restorer. Lord, I thank you that you desire to use us each and every day. Lord, that you desire for us to come and to bring our gifts to you and to move in incredible and in mighty ways. Lord, I pray that we would understand that. Lord, I pray that we would be bold. I pray that we would be willing to step out and bring you the gift that we have, to be obedient obedient in following you, Lord, that we can watch you move around us, that we can watch you change lives around us, that we can watch you change cities around us. Oh, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.